Welcome to Season 2 of Chicken Bites, our regular podcast that deals with all things poultry. In our podcast today, we are talking to the financial journalist Simon Brown from MoneyWeb, and we're going to be asking the question that is probably top of mind at the moment. Can we afford Christmas this year? The global consumer is under pressure. Often it happens and it might just be us down here in the southern tip of Africa. Maybe it's you know, certain markets. But for the first time in, 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 a, in a long time, perhaps going back to the global financial crisis of 2008, uh, consumers are, are under pressure. I think that there's a desire to have a really good Christmas. I think there's a hard reality that it's going to be expensive and wallets are under pressure. But I think consumers are very much going to be clever. The 2022 Christmas could be a bleak spot. And, and I'm not expecting 23 to be, you know, the, the best of the best. I'm going to start off by welcoming you to our podcast. Do you mind just unpacking what it is you actually concentrate on at MoneyWeb? MoneyWeb, I do their morning podcast, uh, MoneyWeb Now. Uh, goes out live every morning at 6.30 and then obviously podcast uh, a little after 7. And its focus really is unpacking markets, chatting with CEOs, uh, talking trends and everything from consumer behavior to you know, prices of secondhand cars uh, and what we can expect in, in, in 2023. And I suppose in a sense, it, it, its core focus is to is to make people a little bit smarter about managing their money. At the heart of it, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I help people uh, uh, get smarter. And you know, it, it's a good podcast if uh, every interview I'm learning as much as anybody else is learning, which is usually the case. <laughs> well, that's that's very good to hear. And it sounds like you have a very, very broad mandate then. You can deal with almost anything. I mean, managing your money basically comes down to how you spend it and how you save it. And yes. what we're looking at at Chicken Facts is how people choose the chicken they buy and effectively also spending money. Now, what we have noticed, I think there have been fairly alarming reports over the last year about the, what they call the cost of living crisis, which is a, it seems to be a global thing. I think we're getting cost of living alarm bells mm -hmm. going off in America and the UK and Europe and the EU and everywhere. Would I be right in saying that this is just a perfect storm of coming out of a COVID lockdown and that disruption to the global economy on top of the war with Ukraine, on top of a growing awareness of climate change, which is putting pressure on fossil fuels and putting pressure on governments to invest in clean energy. I would say those are possibly the three biggest culprits. Is there anything I've missed? Well, I mean, there's Eskom not making life fun either for us locally in South Africa with load shedding. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Europe is, 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 has got an energy crisis. The UK is quite potentially going to have load shedding uh, over their winter, e even parts of the US, uh, uh, California. Um, California, different reasons to us there, they're suffering from the drought. But it is probably for the first time in a long time, and, and I'm excluding the, the the two pandemic Christmases of 20 and 21, um, it, 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 the global consumer is under pressure. Often it happens and it might just be us down here in the southern tip of Africa. Maybe it's you know, certain markets. But for the first time in, 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 a, in a long time, perhaps going back to the global financial crisis of 2008, uh, consumers are, are under pressure. 
Well, people are likening this to the fuel crisis of 1970, of the 1970s, and say that was the last time that the world faced such a, a crisis of energy. Would that be a fair comparison? I think that's absolutely so. Uh, 2008 was very much a financial crisis. It hit markets. It hit the person in the street because uh, interest rates soared um, and, and we've all got some debt. So that that really, really hurts. But what we saw in the 70s and into the early 80s um, is is high inflation and rising rates and increasing energy costs. Uh, and, and the developed world, North America, Europe, the UK, uh, they're sitting on inflation rates that are, you know, for what they last saw 40 years ago. Mm. You know, Bank of England just recently did their largest rate increase. It was the, the largest in 33 years. So we really are going back to, to 70s and 80s in, in, in many senses, early 80s. In, in terms of, of just a, a, a general crunch coming from probably the, the three areas which which are that hurt us the most. Inflation, touches everyone. Yeah, you know, mm. unemployment. In South Africa, we've got a chronic unemployment rate, but you, know, you might not know anyone unemployed. But inflation, you you feel it. Everyone mm. feels inflation. Uh, the second part is, ra- is is rising rates. Most people are are sitting uh, on on some level of debt. South Africans are by global standards, and in fact by our historic numbers, uh, not as indebted as we have been in the past. And we can jump down that rabbit hole in a moment if you want. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, uh, just energy. I mean, you know, petrol, uh, uh, diesel, which is impacts us directly because we need to move from A to B, but then, of course, impacts what we consume because whatever we are consuming and eating and, and buying and Christmas presents, well, they're also moving from, from A to B um, and therefore, you know, fueling into the inflation spiral. That leads us directly on to the consumer and the, the price of foodstuffs. There are a number of theories about what really signals a cost of living crisis. I think there was one one article that said when when times get bad, women buy lipstick because it's a small, affordable (laughs) luxury um, or, or go to movies more often or whatever. In the South African context, what do people spend their money on when they don't have much of it? <laughs> I, I, so, so the lipstick one is is a is a is a, is a recognized trend. Um, where, as you say, uh, women go and buy lipstick because it's it's small, it's moderately cheap, and 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 it it, it has an immediate impact. Um, it, it's you know, not a huge cost for for South Africans. I, I, I think I think we 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 really really feeling it. Um, is 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 in transport, and and you know I I I've been working from home for twelve years, so you know I'm I'm not spending nearly as much on on transport as the average person. But for the average middle to lower LSM individual in South Africa, transport is a big part of their mm. of their monthly expense. And mm. you know, petrol's come down a lot since the the highs of mid year, but it's it's still sitting at record levels. And if we look at the underlying two major components, we've got oil at almost a hundred dollars a barrel, um, where over the last decade it's probably averaged half of that. And we've got the RAND floating around 18, which is just off the worst levels ever against the the the, the US dollar. Transport and then and then of course it is it is debt. I mean it's those repayment of debt. And and the problem quite simply is that if you've got any sort of floating rate, which is your home loan, potentially your your car finance, any unsecured credit perhaps as well, as the interest rates go up, uh, so do uh, the cost of all of that debt. And our interest rates are back at where they were before the pandemic. In other words, January 2020, um, 9.75% for, for the prime rate. But it feels a lot worse, and and mm. that is because of the squeeze on everything else that sits in your in in, in your uh, monthly budget every month. 
um, you know, so, so the debt's unchanged from where it was two years ago, but uh, everything else is, is more expensive. You did talk about indebtedness, and you said there was a rabbit hole we could go down. When you spoke about that mm. particular indebtedness, were you talking about national debt or personal indebtedness? Well, we can touch on both. I mean, from a national debt perspective, South Africa's uh, uh, debt to GDP, which is the common measure. Um, in fact, we had the the medium term budget policy statement mouthful at the end of uh, October from the finance minister. And in fact, our national debt to GDP is going to peak earlier than thought and at a lower level than we had thought um, at around 72.4%, which for South Africa is, is an all time high. Uh, but if you look at, at developed economies, Japan, 200%. Uh, most of Europe, uh, UK, North America, 100% or 150%. So our, our debt isn't, uh, from, a, from, a, from a, a sovereign perspective, is not the crisis that many thinks it perhaps is. And there's a, an important nuance that most of our debt, sovereign debt, is in rands. And that's important because if it was in dollars, then when the rand weakens, then it just mm. costs more to pay for that debt. So we don't have a debt crisis at a, at a sovereign level. Mm -hmm. At an individual level, the data is actually quite staggering. If we look at the sort of early 2000s, uh, and this is household debt to income, sitting about 55%, it was trending down in the early 2000s, and then really exploded around 2005, uh, peaking at uh, almost 80% uh, just ahead of the World Cup, 20, 2008, 2009. But it's actually down at 66% at the moment, which you know, in, in one sense, is an alarming amount of money. But, you know, compared to where it has been, uh, it's a lot better. Now it's higher than where it was pre-pandemic. The pandemic has has hurt households across the world. No surprises by that. But the the, the level of indebtedness we have as South Africans relative to where we were uh, a decade ago is looking better. Um, and certainly, again, compared to our, our peers uh, in, in, in developed markets, we're not as indebted as a, as a lot of other uh, uh, individuals out there across the world and as we have been uh, as a country in the past. Mm. People who are listening might not quite understand these percentages because you've, you've chucked around yes. a few percentages. Mm. Could you just unpack this sort of in a way that a layman can understand when you talked about 72% sovereign debt as opposed to Japan with, with more than 200? I mean, 200% of, of debt means that you're paying back twice as much as you earn, which sounds impossible. So there's got to be another explanation <laughs> well, for that. Well, it's actually worse than that. So we're doing that's a debt to GDP. GDP is gross domestic product. That, in essence, is the value of the of the country. If you took okay. all of the, the the assets within the country, you would then get a, a value of it. So, so if our country's worth, uh, uh, if our GDP is two trillion, our debt's around seventy two percent of that. Okay. Um, the repayment, of course, we're not paying back all of the debt every year. We're paying interest of on it. Um, so, interest is an important part. But you're right about, for example, Japan and, and Japan. Japan is the poster child for for worst case scenario excluding you know banana republics sure. um you know if, if japan's gdp is two trillion uh yen then then their debt is is, is four trillion oh, uh, wow. now they're in a fortunate position that interest rates in japan 
have been negative at times in the last two decades uh, and even now are sitting at you know around one percent so the debt is quite cheap um but it's still a lot of it and of course the trick with with, with your debt is 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 when times are good and when interest rates are low we can always afford the debt mm. it's now as we're talking about when when times are harder uh, and interest rates are higher and inflation's running uh then suddenly that 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 debt potentially becomes uh, a, a significant problem sure okay well let's get back to the question i asked earlier about how do you think ordinary people are going because everybody needs to celebrate over christmas christmas is yeah. such an ingrained it's end of year it's closing off of projects it's it's a renewal it's christmas it's holidays it doesn't matter what religion you are uh, whether it's just a festive season or a break between the one year and the next people are going to celebrate so what is the way most likely that people are going to celebrate are they going to cut down on certain things are they as we spoke about the lipstick index are they going to go after small luxuries rather than the big items we've also got i think have we got something called black november coming up shortly or black friday black friday or, yeah black friday yeah which so, seems to have been become very popular yes and and earlier so black friday this year should be 20 it's the day after thanksgiving which in the us is 24 november this year so black friday should technically be 25 but i mean the adverts started uh first week of november we were already seeing some adverts for it and all that really does for the retailers is pull christmas specials a month forward because to your point uh, nikki we, we, we've got a a finite amount of money to spend mm. um and and you know we, we we're going to we, we can't just because their sales spend more than than what we have sure there's credit cards and the like but even that truthfully is finite you know you, i think it's going to happen i think you're right i think firstly i think there's a there's an urge out there to celebrate a Christmas. The last two Christmases have been interrupted one way or another. I, I went to Durban to have Christmas with my sister and her family last year. Um, and it was a, a fairly small affair because, you know, people in, in, in the broader grouping who we would normally have invited were either down with COVID or had been exposed to COVID. Because of course we're, we only, in fact, we're a year out from, from Omicron uh, arriving mm. on this team. Mm. Um, the previous Christmas, again, you could move around a bit, but it was still... I don't want to say it was tense, but it wasn't the jo the, the sort of jollity that that one expects from from Christmas time. Mm. Um, so I think there's a, a strong sense that that people are going to celebrate. There's certainly uh, the hospitality sector is expecting a, a, a booming Christmas um, holiday season. Some of that from people electing not to travel internationally uh, because of the costs involved, and saying, you know what, if we stay at home, our, our rand goes further. Mm. But I think a lot of it is going to be Christmasing at home, family, friends, and and trying to do as much as they can with it there's one there's one aspect and, and there's no data to suggest this yet we will only know in time but a, a lot of people would not have got and let's be clear the folks who managed to hold on to their jobs during the pandemic mm. probably got very modest to no bonuses the last two year mm. ends the, mm. the bosses were just you know what we're we're struggling to survive here there's no bonuses so there might be some bonuses coming this year they're not going to be big because you know businesses is is struggling as well but there might be some some bonuses coming through and i think folks are 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 boxing clever i think you know for example the the black friday deals coming forward you know if you want a packet of quality street for the christmas table 
Perhaps you buy that out of November's budget rather than December's okay, budget. Yes. My mother always did that. For, in our household, Christmas buying would start in June, never mind November, <laughs> to try and sort of take the pressure off the December. We must never underestimate, and you'll know this in the, in the space that you're working as well as anybody, the the cleverness of of the consumer and the the ability to 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 make things stretch, the ability to make a small amount go a long way, or to make mm. a small thing seem a, a lot bigger in the space mm, so mm. i i think that there's a desire to have a really good christmas i think there's a hard reality that it's going to be expensive and wallets are under pressure but i think consumers are very much going to be clever looking for those those specials you know perhaps you know, shopping down on on gifts maybe so that the christmas table can be laden um rather than a bare christmas table and and, and more gifts i think there's going to be a, a lot of really really sort of clever positioning around christmas mm. They'll be packing more roast potatoes around the roast, won't yes, they? Yes, 100%. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. And who doesn't love a really good roast potato? <laughs> but I think you're 100% right. You know, so, so maybe the, the the turkey or the duck or the chicken or the, the, the lamb or whatever it is that you have on your Christmas table is going to be a little bit smaller this year. Mm. Um, but but then spruce up the vegetables and, and mm. you know, make them nice. And, and because... And this is to state the obvious. I mean, Christmas we sort of get het up on 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 the meal and 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 the excitement and everything else. But truthfully, it's about it's about family. It's about relationships. It's about friends and family. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there have been calls, uh, quite strident calls, in fact, from a number of different uh, sources or different uh, backgrounds to scrap VAT on chicken. Because it is the most affordable protein and, it, and it's South Africa's favorite protein and it's a mainstay of the fast food industry and it's regarded as your, your cheaper source of food. How likely do you think it is that government will listen to calls to scrap that on chicken? I think not. I, th- I, I look. I, I support the idea. I think basic food stuffs, and we've got a list of basic food stuffs already, which are are VAT exempt. And I do think that basic food stuffs absolutely should be VAT exempt. Um, you know, the, the, yes, you and I will have potatoes, but but for us, it would be an accompaniment to a to a larger meal. Um, for many people, you know, potatoes might just be your your store of food, and as you mentioned, uh, uh, chicken, a, a huge source of protein, and 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 uh, dearly beloved. By, by by South Africans as that source of protein, um, but I think the the government for for you know they've never ever since since they bought this zero rating of VAT in, and I am frantically racking my brain. I can't remember if it was when they first introduced VAT or perhaps they bought it in in the in the nineties when VAT had been around. Because of course we had uh, GST general sales tax before the implementation of VAT, um, but they have never adjusted that list. They they've they've never looked at it and 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 made changes to to what's on that list. So it, it's kind of stayed completely static forever in a day. And although. You know, from from a from a government perspective, to slightly widen that 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 VAT exempt list would not be a significant hit to 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 Fiscus. Um, it it is something which which they've yeah. You know, I, I remember when Melissa Gagaba, who I forget how many budgets ago, because finance ministers came and went for a while there, um, when he actually increased the VAT rate. And at that time, I really thought that he might increase VAT and then expand the list of of VAT exempt, and he didn't. He he just upped the VAT rate, um, you know, moved it to its current fifteen from fourteen percent, without looking at at the exemption of, of, of possibilities. Mm. While you were talking, I just had a quick look, in fact, on the zero rating of foodstuffs, and the last update was in two thousand and eight. 
Okay, so uh, there actually has been one more recently than I thought. Yes, um, they not have, very recent, but <laughs> no, but it, but it does show that it is, is quite something when it actually happens because I think it's only been they've only been twice that they've introduced um, a zero rating on a number of foodstuffs, and this was at a reduced price to benefit the poor. That was its stated intention, yeah. um, and it really does. It it it. It, it absolutely works. You know, if you're a poor person and you're spending a hundred rand on on foodstuffs to eat to survive, mm. if that makes it 115, and, and and to you and I and maybe many of your listeners, you know, 15 rand is is not the you know it, it's a liter of milk. It's not the biggest expense in, uh, amount in the world, mm. but but particularly to to the poorer community, 15 rand is is real and significant. Mm. That's a lot of money. Okay, so we're looking at a at a a thinner Christmas than, than we might have had in the past. Is this a short-term thing? Are we going to bounce back? Or is this squeezing from all sides a trend that's likely to continue for quite some time? Okay, that was the very hard question. Um, I th so, so locally in South Africa, uh, my expectation is we're going to get two more rate increases from the MPC, one at the end of November, one in uh, January. That takes interest rates to around 10.5%. Uh, inflation is already edging down. Um, the last call was just over 7%. The target range, of course, is 3 to 6 But if you listen to the governor, he talks 4.5%. He anchors at that 4.5% number, and that's what he's targeting. Part of the thing with inflation is base effect. And, and what I mean by that is that, um, so petrol, let's say, is up 50% over the last year. Uh, if petrol's not up another 50% in the next year, which is not impossible, unlikely, but not impossible, your inflation naturally starts to, to work its way lower. So our inflation will be back in the target probably by the third quarter of next year, which means we could, and I stress the could here, we could actually start seeing maybe some rate decreases in South Africa by, by the time Christmas 2023 rolls around. Yeah. Certainly, inflation will be a lot lower. I think our RAND will be moving a bit stronger, which will take out some of the pain for uh, the cost of transportation so the 2022 christmas could be a bleak spot and and i'm not expecting 23 to be you know the the best of the best but certainly a lot less pressure on the consumer a lot less pressure on on the wallet um a lot of things that have happened in the last year or so in south africa going back to the rights in kzn in, in june of last year the floods in kzn of april this year the stage six load shedding starting in june of this year a lot of that will be sort of out of the system. We would have rebuilt, rejigged, and sort of got the economy growing again. Not growing enough. We're targeting about 2%. But I do think that 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 for us as a country, you know, we had two tough Christmases because of the pandemic. Uh, this one, truthfully, I, I think it, I, I wasn't expecting it. I think most people weren't. But I do think there's a, a good chance that next year's Christmas will be will be less bad. Uh, not 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 all, 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 all holly and 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 songs, but less tough than we're seeing this year. Mm -hmm. oh, that's not a very good prospect because it makes us sound like we're not very resilient as a country, especially if we're talking <laughs> about consumers and assuming that consumer is somebody with money to spend but they're also people who are jobless and therefore have no money to spend or mm -hmm. or extremely little 
So one must also look at a growing economy will also hopefully bring more jobs in. What is the, this might also be a very hard question, but what is the horizon looking like in terms of increased employment next year? Uh, it will probably increase, but only moderately. Um, what we need is an economy growing at 5 or 6% a year to really get unemployment down from its current, what, 35 odd percent. Pre-pandemic, it was it was 25 odd percent, but and, and improving, but very moderately. And we have done that level of growth before under what I call the three M's, early 2000s, Mbeki, Manuel, uh, and then Mboeni, who was the Reserve Bank governor, uh, Trevor Manuel as finance minister, Thabo Mbeki as the, the president. We've certainly done that level of growth before. We have it within our, our capacity as a country. We have the, the skill we have the the materials the resources uh, and everything else what we're struggling with right now is 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 electricity escom and that is slowly alleviating itself and resolving itself not because escom is fixing the problem but because private individuals and private industry is going off grid and every time a shopping center or a household puts up solar panels uh, with or without batteries, that puts less demand on ESCOM and makes them more able to meet the demand with their aging, creaking, falling over, over fleet. But we, we're a long way and there's, there's no expectations. If you look at, at, at GDP growth, which is the measure we, we would use uh, over the next couple of years from government, from National Treasury, from Reserve Bank, from the World Bank, from the IMF, no one's expecting our growth to do much more than two, maybe two and a half percent. At the moment, we are benefiting as a country from commodity prices, gold, manganese, diamonds, PGMs, etc. Coal, those elevated prices are giving our, our finance ministry a windfall in terms of, of uh, company co corporate tax, dividend tax, and making the budgets easier for them to put together. Hence, the mention earlier around uh, sovereign debt to GDP. Um, but we're simply not growing at, at, at the rate which we need to, to, to absorb the unemployment and get it down to get it down to, to to single digits even if it's a 9.8 which on a you know on, on a global level would be developed economies would be a high number for mm. South Africa that would be that would be an amazing number because you're right it it the the, the biggest problem in South Africa is a third of the population just are are, are unemployed um and uh, either on social grants or or uh, family and friends mm, mm. Simon you have raised almost every single paragraph we've discussed here is quite frankly worth a podcast of its own and I think we could go on forever but I think maybe that's a good way to close and say well okay yes it's not going to be a very opulent Christmas that doesn't stop it from being no. a very happy <laughs> Christmas and it does look like there are green shoots of optimism for next year and hopefully as you so rightly said and I think that's a very nice note to to end on you know as a country we are a resilient country and people are stepping up and filling the gaps where policy and failures of government are making things bad. So personally, I'm an optimist, and I think we, we are going to see better times. And in the meantime, I think everybody must just enjoy their their Christmas chicken roast. It's a bit soon now, so I'm not going to wish people a Merry Christmas <laughs> and a Happy New Year. But it is looking a bit better for next year. And I thank you so much for your time and your snapshot. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm hoping that people do then sign up for your podcast. And on that note, why don't you tell us how we can listen to your podcast? No, my absolute pleasure. If they just go to uh, moneyweb.co.za, they will find a listen button in the top right. The podcast is there. Otherwise, they can just go to my vanity website, uh, simonbrown.coza, and you'll find links to everything I do. Thanks a lot. My absolute pleasure. A huge thank you to Simon Brown for steering us through some of the more interesting aspects of the global economy and how it impacts on us here in South Africa and how it will impact on the price of chicken. In order to stay up to date with Chicken Bites, be sure to tune in to wherever you listen to your podcasts, your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. Stay tuned for bite-sized facts, bite-sized information and bite-sized conversations.